Hi, friends. I'm Anna Lehman-Knox, and I'm the community pastor for this new online campus of Camp Hill United Methodist Church called The Hill. And this week, I get to share conversation with Sarah Bupp, who is with us today. She is a licensed professional counselor who runs the West Shore Wellness Counseling Practice right here in Camp Hill. And Sarah is a certified advanced alcohol and drug counselor, as well as being a clinical mental health counselor. She's done postgrad training in the scream-free approach to marriage, which I think we all would like more information about. And she's also a longtime participant in the Camp Hill UMC faith community. So I've had the joy of getting to know her over the past five years. So I really look forward to hearing Sarah's insights today on fighting with our families. But before we chat, Let's hear the key scripture for this month from the New International Version. So from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I lay down. 
Sarah. I'm so glad that you're here and we can have this conversation about um, your work and how it interacts with this scripture. And so I want to start off because I'm imagining you work with a lot of different shapes and sizes of families and individuals who are in a wide variety of conflicts. <laughs> yeah, And I'm wondering if you as a counselor um, go to this scripture ever and use its advice, because this is an often quoted scripture passage um, in all kinds of conflict situations where we're told to not let the sun sort of go down on our anger. And so I'm wondering if that's advice that you give to your clients. So as I work with people in counseling settings, many times they're struggling with appropriately resolving their anger. Um, our family and relational dynamics don't always follow a straight path from anger or angry interaction to resolution. So I typically encourage um, people to who are working with anger or conflict in the relationship to take time away and be able to calm down. So this approach isn't intuitive um, in our human nature. Um, so it takes practice to work for many of us. Um, we may need to leave, calm down, and reapproach a situation on several occasions in order to be able to work through a difficult issue, especially when there's anger involved. Mm-hmm. Um, with the verse in Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, um, it is a great guide to strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, it demonstrates the importance of getting things resolved so that they, they don't fester and then we live with unresolved issues in our lives. The problem with the verse is that in some instances in our lives, we're unable to come to a resolution by bedtime. Great. So <laughs> when we may attempt um, to return to an issue three or four times and have to step away from it three or four times and really be unsuccessful, Um, We might have demands such as work or school or children, which prevent us from having time to address the issues. In those instances, I encourage couples I work with in premarital counseling to table the issue, to get a good night's rest, which many times provides better perspective, and uh, plan a time to readdress the issue as soon as possible, such as the following day. Uh, The key point of this is to address issues as they arise and not to practice avoidance, which can lead to deeper relational issues. Yeah, that makes so much sense um, to kind of keep a bigger picture around this text. You know, um, I think sometimes when people read scripture, we think, well, this is the letter of the law, mm-hmm. and so I can't deviate. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's more about um, 
experiencing the scripture as an invitation to us. And as you said, sometimes the invitation is repeated three or four times and then it it's still not working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so we need to give each other a little bit of space, which that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, as long as we keep that bigger picture of, of continuing to honor um, the conflict that we're in and, and find some sort of renewal and resolution from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for thanks for working through that. Um, I find it really interesting that this passage seems to kind of contradict itself in the way that it talks about anger in general. At the beginning, it says, in your anger, do not sin, which I really like because it operates with the assumption that there is going to be anger. Mm-hmm. And I personally have not experienced an angerless life. <laughs> and so it makes sense to me that the Bible would just have the assumption that people will become angry and therefore, you know, there needs to be a path for how to deal with that. Um, and Jesus himself in the scripture gets angry. And so we have that as a model in some, some senses. But then later in the passage, it says to get rid of rage and anger, which seems to question anger's place in healthy lives. And so I'm curious about your perspective on anger's benefits and also its pitfalls. Mm-hmm. So anger is a primary emotion which we are born with. Um, just like joy, fear, and surprise. So God's hardwired inability uh, for us to feel and experience anger into us from birth. And there isn't anything wrong with feeling anger. Mm-hmm. It's part of the process in dealing with grief, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, where anger goes awry is when we act on our anger. Yeah, yeah, that's a really helpful differentiation. And I think the scripture then offers us an alternative to how we act, right? Even if we're angry, mm-hmm. and it seems kind of impossible sometimes in the moment, but the scripture seems to invite us actually into kindness. And so um, I, I'd like to explore that other invitation in this passage a little bit about being kind. And you might've heard me talk a little bit before about how in the Greek, the word for kind actually means usefulness. Um, uh, which is not an association that I think we often make in English. You know, we talk a lot in English about how being kind is about being nice, you know, being happy, being nice to people. Um, But truly being kind, I think, as it's written about here, seems to be more about being useful to one another in relationships. So I'm wondering how you see that kind of kindness playing out in healthy relationships, and especially as an alternative to anger. Yeah. Yeah. So in healthy relationships, there's an interdependence happening. Um, typically where one person leaves off, the other person picks up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a true team situation that happens. Um, and a good illustration of this would be the ocean. Hmm. So if you look at the ocean in our area, um, our surf meets the sand. So as tides rise and fall, we naturally see either more sand exposed or less sand exposed um, with the tide movement. And that's in healthy relationships. Um, there is that natural movement of ebb and, ebb and flow. Mm. Um, as we're in relationships which support and encourage us, uh, where healthy boundaries exist, our desire to act kindly toward others we are in relationship with naturally is a natural byproduct. Huh, that's really lovely. I mean, I've, I've not thought about it that way before, but I suppose when I talk with couples who are in premarital counseling, I talk a lot about how you know, relationships are never 100% all the time 
for each person and mm-hmm. they're never 50 50 you know there is this just kind of like mm-hmm. um yeah co- contribution that each person makes as they're able as they're more able and less able as the relationship fluxes um but i hadn't thought about it kind of as the as that movement of the sea yeah, and kind of like an organic movement almost mm-hmm. that people work out amongst each other in relationships. That's lovely. Um, so in addition to being useful <laughs> or kind to one another, this passage also invites us to be truthful with one another. And I think a lot of us have a really hard time doing both of those things at once. <laughs> and so I'm wondering what advice you would give in terms of honing that practice of kind truth-telling in relationships. So in order for us to have true, healthy relationships, um, the foundation of a relationship needs to be based on truth-telling. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be able to show our true, authentic selves in relationship with others. Um, so this includes honesty and openness and transparency in our thoughts and beliefs. Um, this tends to happen pretty naturally growing up in healthy families of origin because they know us pretty well and it's pretty hard to hide things from the people that we know well. Um, so as we get older and develop and maintain friendships and intimate relationships, uh, we're able to design relationships however we like, Mm -hmm. um, Many times, truth-telling is not a part of these relationships because Mm -hmm. vulnerability is not comfortable for us. Um, Maybe we keep people at arm's length so that we can't be hurt further Mm -hmm. than we've already been hurt in our lives. Um, In counseling settings, many times counselors um, or therapists will act as a conduit to assist people in recognizing their truth. Mm. Um, We might... Also, repre- also present a truth for a client to grapple with. Um, in this way, we are the truth tellers for others. Mm. Um, in the context of healthy relationships, an accountability repart- partner or a close friend who we've given permission to speak truth into our lives um, can be a way to achieve this. So having someone you trust to be able to challenge your thoughts and beliefs in a kind and loving manner um, is truly a gift in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I love that connection that you just made between truth and trust. It's really hard to be truthful even with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. If if we don't trust that the response that we're going to get is a gracious, non-judgmental one. Yeah. Um, but also one that holds us accountable Yeah. Um, to both the beautiful truths and the ones that are a little bit harder to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is also an invitation in this passage, lots of invitations in this passage. Um, There's one not to let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And I love the actual translation of unwholesome. It literally means rotten, like a spoiled piece of fruit that no one would want to eat. In contrast to kindness, which is literally useful. Um, And I think there's a little bit of a plague around today that is based on speaking before we think, you know, Mm -hmm. I think this is directly related to the trouble that we have with truth telling. So I'm wondering what strategies you would have to encourage us with um, to become a little bit less rotten (laughs) and more capable of building one another up through our speech. So the best advice would be to think before we act or speak. Uh, Many times actions or words cause wounds 
that we don't intentionally desire to inflict. Um, if we pause for a moment and consider how what we want to say could potentially harm the recipi recipient, um, we're able to change or modify the delivery rather than having to mitigate an unintentional conflict. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, taking accountability for our actions, making amends, and asking for forgiveness in relationship are also necessary. Um, in today's world, things move so rapidly and we tend to feel like we have to respond to things immediately. Hmm. Yeah. Um, if we step back and remember that there is no law that says an immediate response is required, um, if we leave the room and process how best to respond um, in a manner that conveys exactly what we need to say and also considers how, what and how the hearer needs to have that message delivered. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's so helpful because our instant text messaging, you know, Facebook commenting, Instagra Instagramming mm -hmm. right, world does have this impression that we have to, we have to Put a zinger out there immediately, um, as opposed to taking some time for contemplation. And like you mentioned, um, it's not just I think taking some time to think. You know, it's not just about saying the thing that's the smartest right, or most interesting or um, gets the best reaction from people. Right? Mm -hmm. But it's like we're talking about in this scripture. It's it's more about what actually builds the other person up. What are we able to say? in a way that will encourage and and bring about what my one of my life coaches used to say, a toward response, <laughs> like what will enable us to connect more effectively moving toward each other. Yeah, I love, I love that distinction. Is there anything else about this passage um, from Ephesians that speaks especially to you or into your work as a counselor that we haven't touched on yet, but you think might help this passage come alive to people who are tuning in and hearing this? The passage should really be seen as a guide, which you alluded to in a bit earlier. Um, but it should be seen as a guide of how to work through anger as it arises in relationship. Uh, many people hold this passage as a limiting belief that I have, if I have a conflict with my partner or a friend, I have to resolve it tonight before I go to bed. Um, so we're just going to sit here and we're going to hash it out mm -hmm. until we come to a resolution. And this thought process actually is counterproductive mm -hmm. um, because many times it doesn't allow us the space and time to reflect on our anger or conflict. So many times with the space and time comes a change in perspective and reflection that can lead to an ability to resolve the anger or conflict very productively um, if we allow that to happen. Yeah. I'm guessing there's probably some teaching about that in scream-free marriage. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would personally just like to say thank you so much for being here today and for helping, I think, to destigmatize a little bit the importance of getting counseling. You know, I tell people all the time that I think that everyone in the world should be in counseling uh, in at some season of their life, if not always. So if folks are looking for a counselor and would like to chat with you more, what advice would you give them in seeking one out or just connecting with you further? Sure. 
So I would say if you're considering counseling, I would encourage you to take the first step. Um, while we may not know where the journey will lead us, um, the journey is always worth taking. Um, the easiest way to connect with a counselor is actually to reach out to our counseling intern, Nick. Um, he's offering free counseling session to anyone in the community as a way to bridge the gap in our current mental health crisis. Um, so for more information, you can check out the website. Yeah, that's a really helpful reminder. Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, Nick Ortiz, he is on the Camp Hill UMC website. Um, and so I definitely encourage as many folks as possible to reach out to him. And um, those are confidential sessions, so we would, I would never know anything about it. Um, but, you know, I get to see Sarah every week. Um, I get to chat with Nick. Um, but I would love to meet you who are watching. And so I want to invite you to come and meet me in person or on Zoom. I'll be in person at Cornerstone Coffee House this month. And you can check out when we're meeting on our website, hillchurchonline.org. And you can also check out what's happening with Zoom online. So until then, friends, it's good, been good to be with you, Sarah, and good to be with you all. But in the name of the Creator and the Redeemer and the Sustainer, I invite you to go in peace.